Welcome back to SAUSD's Amplifying Leadership. I'm your host, Bianca Barkeen, the Assistant Superintendent of Teaching and Learning at the Santa Ana Unified School District. Today, we're diving into a subject that is fundamental yet often overlooked, the crucial role of core values in leadership. Values aren't just words or ideas we casually throw around. They form the very bedrock of our actions, our decisions, and how we interact with the world. Brene Brown, a renowned scholar and thought leader, has emphasized time and again that embracing our core values is synonymous with embracing our authentic selves. To illuminate this compelling topic, we are once again joined by a dear friend and a beacon of educational leadership, Dr. Lorraine Perez, our Deputy Superintendent of Educational Services. Dr. Perez's insights and experiences promise to shed light on the intricate dance between values and leadership. So whether you're an educational leader or an educator, or simply someone keen to dig deeper into the soul of leadership, today's conversation promises to be both insightful and transformative. Let's begin. Lorraine, thank you for joining us today. To start off, could you share with our listeners your perspective on what core values really mean, especially in the context of leadership? Thank you for inviting me back, Bianca. Um, when I think about core values, and I think about them a lot, this is something that um, really is the compass for you as a person and provides directionality when you are thinking about your role as a leader or even as yourself as a just a person running around in life, what guides you? What is that compass that's pointing you in the direction that you're going to go and that's going to um, actually provide that directionality when you have decisions to make or you have a situation before you and you're not really sure um, how to proceed? Our core values are the things that we lean back on and it is our place of comfort when we actually know what they are. So so I know that we were going to engage in an activity during our leadership symposium, and it was going to be around core values. So to what I'm hoping this segment is for us and really for our principals is kind of a preview of what it's going to be like to engage in that activity. So when I ask the questions, I want you to keep that in mind. Many of us might find it challenging to pinpoint our core values amidst the noise of societal expectations. How did you personally come to identify and embrace your core values? So that's a great question, and I think it is a personal journey. I know that as people, we tend to lean towards core values that we think everybody wants to hear. We're the leader, so people want to hear us say, that, you know, we value certain kind of things or or we want to be viewed as a good person. And so we say that we value certain things like family and faith and and those are beautiful and and they may be your core values. But when you really dig deep and think about your yourself as a person and yourself as a leader, what can you point to as evidence in your life of your core values? And I think it's not something that you only espouse, but something that other people, when they think of you, they think, wow, this person really exemplifies these things. So it's been a journey. I, I know um, for myself, getting to know myself better and being honest with myself about what's important to me was 
crucial in being able to identify my core values, accept them, and really lean into them. Thank you for that, Lorraine. I remember engaging in this activity with you um, and looking at a sheet that had a list of core values on it. And I know it's similar to an exercise we will engage in with principles. And I actually identified with over 20 of the core values on that list. And I remember you saying, okay, great, B, that's wonderful. But can you figure out how to collapse those into headers that would really define who you are? And they can be collapsed. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't as hard as I thought it would be. So you can pare it down to one, two, or three that really, truly define you. Can you tell me what your top two or three core values are? Sure, definitely. So um, this one sounds very cliche, and it was why I didn't want to accept it as my core value. <laughs> I was like, no, that sounds real silly. Um, but when I think about it and I look for evidence in my life, future generations really is a core value of mine. And some people would say, well, of course, she's in education. She, you know, cares about the future of the world. And I do. But deeply, it's about future generations of anybody who has sat in any seat that I've sat in. And I mean, like, in particular, the principal role. It's why I um, made the crazy leap to say, I think I want to do district leadership because um, I had such a great experience and know what the role could be. And I asked myself, how did that person create the conditions for me to fly and really thrive as a school site leader? And I wanted to do that for others because it was so fulfilling. And my role as a principal was the best role ever. And I want our principals to feel that way. And yes, it's tough, but I want them to be excited about the impact that they get to have. And so for me, future generations isn't just about the students that we serve. It's about the leaders that we serve as well. Um, and knowing that when we're creating the space for the leaders to really thrive and, and work their vision, that our teachers and our staff are going to be in a great place that's how we create culture on our campus, and we know it's going to impact kids. So for me, future generations goes really, really deep, and I can relate that to my personal life as well and the decisions that I make in my life that are going to benefit you know, my own family members and, and the future generations of my family. So through and through, I, I have to really um, acknowledge that that is a core value of mine, um, and now I, I lean into it and really just um, ask myself that question pretty much on a daily basis. Am I doing something that's going to positively impact future generations of principals, of students, of deputy superintendents? Um, so that that is really uh, alive with me. Um, and then you asked to identify one or two. Um, and so courage um, is really a, a core value of mine. And I will relate this to a couple of things and draw back to the example that you gave of having this list and can you categorize them? So when we think about being a risk taker, I think it takes courage to take risks and to try new things. 
So I do see myself as a risk taker, and that can be a core value in and of itself. But I choose to couch it under courage because in order to take those risks, I have to be courageous. Um, And also equity. When we think about doing work that is the equity work, and it's the very, very tough work, you have to be courageous. And so I couch both of those values under courage in my leadership to speak up and to support folks who are um, also doing those things. And and that's another thing, you know, I, I do ask myself um, as I prepare for my day questions about what am I really doing today? Am I adding value? Am I um, living into my values? Because there, it's really important that you do that. That's how you um, feel fulfilled. That's how you make the difference um, and really continue to love what you're doing. It makes me think, I mean, your answers are so profound, but it really makes me think of a lot of the courageous work we're doing in SAUSD right now. Uh, Just thinking, based on what you said, our ethnic studies work, the stance we've taken in terms of not banning books, uh, the stance that we've taken in terms of supporting all students, LGBTQ+, that is courageous work. Which leads me to start thinking about, is it, so what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you identify your personal core values and then you work your way into the organization's core values? Because I know we're going to engage in this work as an organization as well. What are are your thoughts around that? So I think the self-work is critical. Um, we can't really go about identifying the values of the organization unless we know what we value, because collectively we make up this district. And so the more that we understand ourselves and what drives us, the better we can identify what those core values are for the district and really think about alignment. So there might be some things that... Um, turn out to be outliers in in the core value realm. Like if we put all of our leaders together, there might be things that are sitting on the periphery um, as core values. And maybe we bring them to life by actually couching them under one of those larger, um, you know, values that is getting a lot of energy around it. It's not that it doesn't matter. It's how do we look at this so that each person can identify what they value and feel a part of the organization that they belong, that what they have to contribute is an asset. So I think it starts with self. Thank you. Let me ask you another question. Brene Brown emphasizes the courage to be vulnerable in leadership. How do you feel your our core values play a role in embracing that vulnerability? So that's a really, really great question. And I think... Um, Again, I'm going to relate this back to myself. I could not really be vulnerable um, until I knew myself better. Um, There are a lot of things that shape us, um, you know, and that's for each and every one of us, our childhood and experiences. And I used to lead in a way that wasn't really authentic. Um, You know, I had some walls up some, you know, things that I put up to protect myself that I thought were protecting myself um, so that I can do the work. And once I learned 
about myself more and really dug deep around my drivers and why I do a lot of the things that I do, it all came back to my experiences. And it wasn't until I started sharing those experiences with people that they then started to buy into my vision. They were like, oh, this is why she does the things that she does and the way that she does them, not just what she does, but the way that I go about the work. Um, And it was telling those stories about my childhood and how I came into education and why I advocate for certain things that I advocate for. Um, But I couldn't do that because I didn't feel comfortable with myself. I try to shield people from seeing those things because I thought they were a weakness. I thought people were going to look at me and say that I'm not good enough, that I'm not, I don't belong here. When I realized that those were the things that actually would be the points of connection um, for me with people and people with me. So it, it directly connects with one of the questions I was going to ask you, but you've already answered it for us. So would you agree with what Brene Brown says? She says, when we have the courage to walk into our story and own it, we get to write our own ending. Do you believe that's true? I do. I do. I had to step into the space and acknowledge um, my experiences, my family's experiences, because we're not just shaped by the things that happen to us alone, but what happens to our families. And some people know this, but you know, my siblings didn't have the experience that I had in the educational setting, um, and they had different paths in their life. And it really wasn't until I could openly embrace their experiences and their stories that I was able to become the leader for all students and for and for our most vulnerable students, because many of those students are my siblings, our students that are, you know, involved in gangs. Those students are my siblings. Um, The teen parent, those students are my siblings. Um, And so as I became kind of the representative for my family and for my community um, in the educational system was when I was able to actually fully step into um, the role that that and the way that I serve now. Thank you. Can you recount a specific instance where your core values were put to the test? How did they guide your decision-making during that challenging time? Um, So I think this happens often (laughs) um, because we live in such a dynamic uh, environment. Um, You know, I can think of a couple of instances, and many times it comes back to, um, in this role, having folks um, making the decisions and be part of the decisions of who will the next leaders be um, and how we and how we set people up for success. So many times we're grappling with folks who might not be ready and how do we get them ready and really doing that through my lens of my core value, believing in future generations and building systems that create and allow that space for people to grow in our organization. Um, And I've been quite challenged by that because at times we're not in control of all things. And so when is it appropriate to speak up and how do you speak up to say, um, you know, what you believe and what you see evidence of? Um, 
and not leave it there just to always live in that state, but to put the ball in motion to actually um, create conditions for for better learning and better growth opportunities for our leaders because we want everybody to be successful. And sometimes, sadly, folks are successful in spite of us, not because of what we're doing. And that um, that's hard. So in an educational setting, how do you see the alignment or misalignment of core values affecting the dynamics between educators, administrators, students, and parents? So I'm actually going to draw on um, women in leadership. I won't stay there, but I'm going to draw on that for a second because I think when we are inauthentic, um, it comes through. And so the example that I'm going to give is many times as, as women, we have seen leaders before us, likely male leaders, operate in a certain way that works for them. And we as women, and I will say, speaking for myself, you see that and you think the way that I am successful is to emulate that. When in actuality, that is our biggest de- detriment because each of us and women, you know, in particular, we, we bring certain things to a role um, and we lead differently. And that's okay. That's, that's beautiful. Um, and it's when we don't um, pay attention to our core values. And um, I'm going to use a term that we, we might be familiar with from the work with Arbinger. It's when we betray ourselves that the misalignment comes. So when you ask the question about when there's misalignment between, you know, administrators, teachers, students, all of, you know, parents, um, I think that comes at the point of self-betrayal. We can come to common ground as long as we don't betray ourselves and start making decisions that we wouldn't normally make and are driven by some other outside pressure. If we're true to ourselves and we're authentic and we're honest about that, I believe that we can come to the table and solve anything together. Now, there are going to be times where people are drastically misaligned. And I'm going to speak specifically to things that you mentioned earlier with the work that we're doing around ethnic studies, around um, the support of our LGBTQ students and families and staff. Um, there are times when people just are misaligned, like the, they um, view things drastically different. Um, at that point, decisions for, for ourselves, we have to make them to say, this is not the place for me. There is a place for you, um, but it might not be here. Um, And that's okay. Because ultimately, if you are betraying yourself and you're staying in a space where your core values aren't lining up, you are going to be miserable. And that's the last thing that we want for people. Um, Just as human beings, like that's the last thing we want for people. 
because you're not going to be able to live and lead to your potential. Wow. Um, That requires deep reflection, right? And we have to look inward and do a lot of self-work to really understand and to truly be authentic. Tell me a little bit about the future work you see in SAUSD around core values, which should lead to our vision and mission statement, right? So um, what will that look like for us? So I think um, I I talked about the self-work being most uh, important in this journey. And so I would like for us to invest that time and energy for leaders and staff and even at some point our students um, to have space to explore and identify their core values. Um, Think about how powerful that is for a student. I did not know what my core values were. And that's probably what like prompted me to flounder and be all over the place as a young person. But if we're sending students out um, kind of in the vein of the graduate profile into the world, knowing who they are um, and accepting and uh, identifying what they bring as assets, I think that's beautiful. Um, So the future work in our district, I would like for that to, to be felt really all through the system, the self-work, um, and really knowing who we are. The better we know who we are, the better we can serve others and you know know that um, kind of the deep why around why we serve and how we serve. Um, but then ultimately, yes, looking at how we honor um, the individuals in the organization um, and use that as a, a launching pad for identifying what we as a district hold dear in our core values and how will that shape the mission and the vision of the district and really what's to come. Like I I say this often and people who are in space with me, you know, will be very familiar with how I think and what I'm going to share now around everything we're doing in this plan, in any planning is not for us. It will be felt in three to five years from now. The things we experience now today in our personal lives or in our organization and our professional lives was planted some time ago. Um, And so it's really important that we take the time and spend the energy um, to prepare for that future. Three to five years from now, what do we want our organization to look like? If we want it to be more um, personal and authentic, then I think this is the what the way that we need to invest, knowing each other, having people know themselves, so that way we know how we all come together um, as an organization and um, what we value and how we serve. It makes me think about uh, whenever I work with young people or teenagers, and we start talking about core values and mission mission statements, really, and even vision statements, it's it's almost like asking the question, hey, do you want to go on a road trip with me? And what's the first question that people will ask? It's where you are going. If you've never identified your core values and you don't know, you don't have a mission statement, right, or a vision statement as a group or an organization, it's almost like 
going on a road trip, not having any idea of what your destination is or, or what's important to you and what are we going to see. Yeah. So um, thank you for that. And I'm actually really super excited about the direction that we're going in. So our time has come to an end, but before we sign off, it's time for our Amplifier Acknowledgement segment. So Lorraine, if you could amplify the message or lesson of one educator or leader who's made a significant impact in your journey, who would it be and what is that resonating message? I know that during our first episode, you mentioned how your first grade teacher recognizing something special or potential in you, how that's made a profound impact on you to this day. Is there anybody else that you'd like to acknowledge? You know, I've been really blessed in my life. I have so many people um, that have really had an impact on me. Um, I'm going to hold this space for my former assistant superintendent, um, Arturo Ortega, who is the now the superintendent in Azusa Unified. Um, he created that space for me as a leader. He made he created the conditions that made me love being a principal. And it really was and is the um, where the desire came for me to create that space and those conditions for others. Um, he gave me the tools, provided the resources, and constantly invested in me um, and said go and supported the direction that we went. Um, and so he really has had an impact. And I know so much of that is was guided by his own core values. Um, he believed um, in in us and all of us as as principals, all of the group that we were with at the time, um, and just created that space. And so he is definitely the person that I um, feel very blessed and honored to have had in my path um, and has had an impact and continues to have an impact on my leadership. I don't know, almost 15 years later. So that's pretty powerful. And I actually see it reflected in your leadership because it's exactly what you do with all of us. You try to give us the space. Um, you encourage us when we have crazy ideas. You're happy <laughs> to go along with it as long as it's going to help us get our messages across and improve student outcomes. And you truly are a supporter and we are grateful for that. Remember, leadership is not just about guiding, but also celebrating and acknowledging those who have paved the way. To our listeners, may these stories inspire you, challenge you, and remind you of your own amplifiers. So until our next deep dive, keep amplifying, keep leading, and keep making a difference within the walls of our schools and in the hearts of our students. I'm Bianca Barkeen, and this has been SAUSD's Amplifying Leadership. Amplifying Leadership.